wherever you're at, there's probably something better out there and you're allowed to want it and you're not wrong for wanting it and you don't have to make yourself wrong for wanting it. I believe that building wealth is one of the sweetest gifts that we can give ourselves as women because it creates freedom and choices. For many women, they do want to climb the ladder. They do want to build wealth. They do want to make more money. They do want that growth, but they're either scared to admit it or they're afraid that it's not possible for them. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, that you're listening. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of this show. I am a career coach for women. I help women build confidence, become powerful leaders, find their voice in the workplace. And that is what this show is all about. I had a super successful corporate career, nearly a decade long. I was promoted aggressively. I experienced a lot of success in my nine to five career, but I struggled a lot, a lot, a lot with self-confidence, with visibility, being seen in meetings, with speaking up in meetings, with advocating for myself, with believing that I could have the success that I desired in my corporate career. And even with those struggles present, I was able to grow through them and work through them and attain the success that I wanted professionally. And this show and my coaching work and everything that I do is intended to help you on your journey. So I'm no longer in the corporate space. I've been a full-time coach for over a year now, and I've had my coaching business for even more now than a year and a half. And so this is what I do. I help you succeed. I help you rise up. I help you build confidence. And I'm smiling so big because I'm so excited about today's topic. And I literally think that there are no, there's no one out there talking about this. I have not ever come across a single article or podcast or anything talking about this. And I am so excited to talk about it because I think not talking about it is keeping professional women and keeping specifically professional women who work in nine to five careers is keeping women small. And so I want to bring a little bit of a taboo topic out into the light to talk about it honestly, transparently, to share my insights and wisdom with you so that you can really think about the money-making, wealth-building component of your corporate career. You know, you're in your job and we are in our jobs to make money. That is one of the main reasons that we are there. And so we have to talk about money and we have to think about the role that money plays in your career and your life and your relationship with it and how much of it you make and how much of it you want to make. And the reason I'm so psyched about this episode is because so much of the conversation when it comes to women and earning money is focused on negotiating and asking for raises. And I think while that conversation is really, really useful, it misses a much bigger 
discussion and it distracts from a bigger conversation, not just about getting a 10K raise or a 20K raise in your career, but about building wealth, right? Like making real large sums of money, which rarely gets talked about. And I think what's so interesting about this topic is how hidden and taboo it is. Like when I think of all the professional development workshops that I attended in my career, luncheons, panels, you know, spaces where women would talk about their careers and their professional success, there was never any discussion of money. I never once heard a female leader talk about how much she earned or how much she made in her career, how much she wanted to make, which is kind of crazy if you think about it, because money is a huge component of our professional existence. It is arguably, like I said, the reason why we show up for our jobs every day. And so the fact that we don't talk about it, that there isn't much of an open conversation out there about it, speaks to how taboo the topic of money can be, especially especially for women. And so I'm excited to talk about it to make it a little bit less taboo and hopefully to expand your mind and help you see what is possible for you and help you get clear on your true desires and what you want. So this is going to be a two-part series. Whenever I have a topic that I have a lot of thoughts on, I like to break it up into multiple episodes. That way I can we can really slow down and like get into it together, go deeper together and hit all of the angles of it, all the nooks and crannies and crevices. And so in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you just about the concept of building wealth in your nine to five career, what that even means. I'm going to share a little bit of my story with you because I think that there's a really good chance that you are going to see yourself in my story And I think it will help you clarify some of your own desires. And then in part two, I'm going to walk you through what I think gets in the way of women building wealth in their nine to five careers and some of the tips and things that I suggest you focus on if you are interested in building wealth and maximizing not just your salary today, but your earning over the long term. So let's dive in. And I wanna just start with the definition of building wealth. When I say building wealth, I am not talking about how much you earn today, and I'm not even talking about how much you earn when you get that promotion 12 months from now, or how much you earn when you switch jobs two years from now. When I say building wealth, I am talking about the lifetime wealth creation that you generate in your corporate career. Your corporate career is going to last for a finite period of time depending on how old you are and depending on what age you are when you retire, you are going to work a finite number of years. And once those years are finished, you will have generated a finite amount of wealth. Now, this is different. This is distinctly different. What I'm talking about on this podcast episode today is different than the conversation around raises and negotiation and asking for more in your role. Yes, I think it is so important to negotiate hard when you get a job offer, and that is something that I could talk about all day long. Yes, it is so important to ask for raises when you realize you are underpaid, which there's a really good chance that you are. 
And yes, I feel super passionately about that topic. However, to me, there is a whole other part of the conversation that doesn't get talked about that is a completely different conversation. And that's a conversation around the wealth that you're able to build when you're on a track to leadership and when you're on a track to an executive position. So you can have a career where you negotiate the crap out of every job offer you get and you ask for raises like crazy, even if you were so good at that, and even if you totally, absolutely maxed out every single opportunity you had to ask for a raise, there is no way that you could out-earn someone who is getting promoted cycle after cycle and moving into executive positions. The reason for this is because there is an exponential growth curve for salaries as you get into higher and higher positions. So if you're, let's say, starting at level zero in an organization, and like, let's say your first year in your job, you make 75K. Your first promotion, you might get a 10K bump, and then you might get a 20K bump, your second promotion, and then you might get a 30K bump. Once you start to get into upper middle management and executive roles, your pay bumps get way bigger. So we go from like 10K or 20K pay bumps to 50K, 100K, multiple six figures. And depending how high you go and what size company you work for, those numbers get into the millions. And I think what is so important to point out is that the wealth you create is not just about you getting really good at negotiating and asking for more every single time you have an opportunity to do that, but it's going to come from you being on a path to an executive or a leadership role. You could be the worst, you you could be like a shit negotiator, like you could be horrible at negotiating and asking for raises, but if you get promoted up into higher levels, director, senior director, VP, SVP, etc., you will out-earn someone who has not had that same growth. And not only will you out-earn them, but you will be able to build wealth in a way that is not possible when you don't elevate into those higher leadership positions. This is so important to talk about because in the conversation around women advancing, women rising up, women becoming leaders, we rarely talk about the wealth-building component. We rarely talk about how, essentially, if you elevate into executive and leadership roles, you become rich. (laughs) Like that is a thing that happens. Now, obviously, it depends on where you live and it depends on what your lifestyle and expenses look like. But in general, as you get into those higher and higher positions, you earn way more money. And I think that this doesn't get talked about because I think money is a really controversial taboo topic. I think there's a lot of feelings of shame surrounding the topic of money. But I think it's incredibly important because money equals choices. Money equals empowerment. Money equals freedom. So whether you are someone who's really into money or not, if you're into having choices and options, money is a vehicle for that. And I believe that as women, we are more autonomous And we are able to take up more space in our own lives when money doesn't constrain our decision making, right? And of course, 
I'm speaking both from a place of me holding a ton of privilege around this topic. And of course, it is very privileged to be even in a position where you're listening to this podcast and you have the time and space to think about this topic. Not everyone does, right? There are a lot of people in the world that are just focusing on getting by, people living paycheck to paycheck, people living even below those means. And so I want to acknowledge that there's I speak from a ton of privilege and you have to be in a really privileged position to be thinking about this. That being said, when it comes to the conversation about creating wealth in your corporate career, when you step into these positions, right, and you start earning this type of wealth, you aren't taking that wealth away from, you know, people that really, really need it, right? What you're doing is you're claiming a seat at a table that, you know, if you're a woman, you are very underrepresented at that executive table. And if you're a woman who holds another marginalized identity, maybe you're a woman of color, um, maybe you're a trans woman, whatever your identity is, you are, again, taking a seat at a table where you are really underrepresented. So I think it, you know, wealth can be a complicated topic. It can bring up lots of thoughts. It can be really controversial. But I just want you to think about that in a corporate setting, most of the wealth at the executive levels is being earned and received by white males. So that's just a fact. So as you step into that playground and you earn more wealth, you are evening the stakes in your own way, depending on what identities you hold. So that's something to think about and something for you to keep in mind. And so what I wanted to talk about today is what is possible for you and what is out there. So now that I've defined this idea of what it means to generate wealth, which is to be on a path to leadership and on a path to an executive position, I wanted to share with you what that looks like, what's possible, and a little bit of my story. And so what I was thinking was like, what better way to help you see what's possible than to do some research and throw some numbers at you, right? Because I can talk all day long about how it is awesome to earn wealth and to be on a path to creating wealth because that's the path that I was on and it enriched my life in so many different ways. What better way to help you understand that than to share numbers. And so here's what I did. I pulled a few different numbers, real numbers of real salaries at early executive levels to mid and late executive levels. And so what I wanna share with you is a little bit of what that looks like because when I was early on in my career, I didn't understand that this type of earning, this type of money, this type of wealth was available to me. And in fact, let me start off with my my own story before I share the numbers with you, because I think it's going to help you get in touch with your own experience more deeply and your own thoughts about creating wealth in your corporate career. So when I entered into the nine to five workforce, I entered into the workforce with around $200,000 in student loan debt. So I was very privileged to not have any undergraduate debt but I had debt from law school and with tuition and living expenses for all three years, I was clocking in at, it was very close to $200,000. And I was earning a six-figure salary in my first job. It was in the low 100K. That was my base salary in my very first job as a management consultant. However, 
when you have $200,000 in loans and you need to make a monthly payment on a loan balance of that size, $100,000 or even say $150 doesn't take you very far, especially if you're living in New York City, which is where I was living. And so even though my earning, my the money I was bringing in was high, the money going out was incredibly high. And I never felt like I had excess extra money, mainly because my loans would eat such a big chunk of my take-home pay that what was left, I really had to be thoughtful about and make the most of in order to live in a city like Manhattan. And if you've listened to the show and you know a bit about my story, you also know that my self-esteem and my self-confidence and my belief in myself was so low when I started my career. It was the lowest it had ever been. And I had accomplished some impressive things. I had landed a really competitive job in management consulting without any business training or any business background whatsoever. And that in and of itself was a massive, massive achievement. But I had so much self-doubt. My self-confidence was so low. I didn't know about coaching. I didn't know about mindset work. I didn't know that I could change that and grow that. I just like thought that me feeling awful and thinking I sucked at my job was just like the truth and a fact about me that couldn't ever change. And so when I was in the workplace, I just imagined that I would always earn about the same as what I was earning. Like I never imagined that I would earn significantly more money. And I always imagined that I would struggle financially because things felt so tight and so challenging when I was first starting out and trying to get that loan balance smaller and trying to cover my expenses in New York City, which is like, even if you cut corners and even if you try to live simply, New York City is expensive. So what happened was I was at that job for almost two years. And then after that, I switched from management consulting to working inside a corporation. I worked at Pandora, which is a digital music company. You've probably heard of it. And when I got there, the salary that I was offered when I made that job change was very similar to what I had been earning in my consulting job. So I didn't experience a huge pay bump when I made that initial switch. However, (laughs) however, the plot thickens. So I get to this job, I get to Pandora, I'm still earning the same, (laughs) money still feels really tight for me because I've gone from New York City to then I moved to San Francisco. So I have a habit of like picking really expensive cities. And it it felt it felt very similar to Manhattan where it was like, okay, my rent is sky high, my loan payment is sky high. After you start taking like federal and state and local taxes out of my paycheck and my loan payment and my rent, like we're not like working with like tons and tons of money here. And so I was always very thoughtful. I was very careful with money. I was pretty frugal in my lifestyle. I remember so many times I would have to say no to like things like going out to dinners. And I just, you know, I sometimes wish that I could be more free financially and just say yes to things. But I kind of just got to this point where I accepted this is how I am. This is how I live. Like I can afford what I can afford. I can't afford what I can't afford. And it just like it is what it is. This is the situation. So fast forward then to a couple years into that job and I found out that I was getting a promotion. And I have a distinct memory, like a very distinct memory of how that conversation happened. I was in a small meeting room with my manager and the way that they did promotions when I was there was they had a piece of paper 
and the paper had like a little blurb on it congratulating you. And then beneath the blurb, it mapped out your compensation. So it was like, congratulations, JustCon getting this promotion. Your new compensation will be like this base salary and this bonus. And I remember sitting in that room with my manager. I did not know I was about to get promoted. So that was like the first really exciting good news in my career. And I remember he put this paper down in front of me. I had never seen this piece of paper before because I had never been promoted before. And I looked at the compensation and there was my base salary and then there was my bonus on there and then there was like my long-term stock compensation. So this is stock that you get that vests every quarter at the company. So every quarter you are given stock in the company and then you can go sell that stock for cash or you can hold it. And I remember looking at the stock number and thinking that it was a typo because my base salary was on there and I don't remember exactly what it was. I just remember that I was in the hundreds and they gave me like a very typical bump of like maybe 20K or 25K more. That made sense. My bonus percentage went up a few percentage points. But then the stock grant, I looked and I saw this number 200,000. And I thought in my mind, like, oh, that must be 20,000. Like, that can't be 200,000 because my salary is like in the 100s. That doesn't make sense. And now it was a stock grant that vested over four years. So it wasn't 200,000 all at once, but it was 200,000 that <laughs> wasn't there before that suddenly appeared. And as someone who had been living with this huge loan balance that felt like I was never going to pay it off, to see that I had enough money coming in over the next four years to pay off the loan balance gave me this moment of like, holy shit, it's not going to be this way forever. It's not going to be like this forever. This loan is definitely going to get paid off. It's probably going to get paid off within the next four years. And once this loan is paid off, I'm going to continue earning this salary. And it was this moment where my belief system around what was possible for me and how comfortable I'd be financially was just completely burned to the ground and rebuilt from the ground up. I thought the number was a typo. It seemed too big. It wasn't a typo. It was real. And then what I realized is like, well, if I'm getting this kind of money at this stage in my career, what else is possible? And suddenly I felt this fire in my belly of like, if I show up for this and do a good job and play the game well and give it all that I've got, it could get even better. Like it could get even better and sweeter than this. And my motivation and my satisfaction and my excitement in my role and about the work that I did went through the roof because now I was not only doing interesting work that I loved, but I was earning what felt to me like a shit ton of money. Like it just felt like, oh my gosh, how is this real? This feels so fun. This feels so amazing. How is this my life? And as I progressed and as I continued getting promoted, my earning potential continued to go up. And when I left my corporate career, it was honestly a really hard and really scary decision to leave my job and go full time in my coaching business because I was leaving behind, not permanently, but temporarily leaving behind a path that was financially lucrative for me and that only had the potential to become more lucrative. And I feel like 
because I started my career with so many loans and not not much disposable income at all, I had a deep appreciation for the amount of money that I earned. I was very thoughtful about it. It brought me a lot of joy. They say that money doesn't bring happiness, but me having choices and being able to travel and like being able to have what I want without like thinking about whether I can afford it, that brought me a lot of joy. And I got to a point where I felt like, this money was coming in. I didn't have a place to spend it. Like I wasn't necessarily at a place where I was like going to buy a house or have any major expenses. And so then I started donating money and I started giving money to causes that fill up my heart with joy and made me feel like, you know, in my time on this planet, I'm having a positive impact and I'm improving people's lives. And so I just got to a point where it was all feeling really good And there was more to be had and there was more money to earn. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because I think that there's quite a lot of taboo and shame around like wanting to earn a lot of money and wanting to build a lot of wealth. And I think until we start talking about it, I don't think that taboo and shame is going to go away. And I think that taboo and shame is what keeps so many women from acknowledging that they want to earn a lot of money, that they want to be wealthy. And it ultimately, I think, keeps a lot of women from creating that wealth. And so I want to share this with you for you to see what's possible and also hopefully for you to give yourself permission to want what it is you want, right? And when, you know, when we desire wealth and when we have a desire inside to make a lot of money, we don't need to do it in a destructive way. We don't need to make our money in a way that harms people, right? Like we get to earn our money in the way we want to earn our money. And we get to use our money in the way we want to use our money. And I personally don't believe that wanting to be wealthy says anything about your ethics or morals as a human. I think those are two separate things. There's your ethics and morals as a human, and there's how wealthy you want to be or how wealthy you are. And in our culture, those things can get very conflated because there are a lot of very unethical, wealthy people out there, right? So those exist, but one does not necessarily cause the other. And I share with you my journey, again, so that you know that wherever you're at, there's probably something better out there and you're allowed to want it and you're not wrong for wanting it and you don't have to make yourself wrong for wanting it. I believe that building wealth is one of the sweetest gifts that we can give ourselves as women because it creates freedom and choices. And one of the things that is constantly a battle for so many women is feeling like we don't have the freedom and choices that we want. And while money doesn't solve every single problem, when you have abundant amounts of money and a lot of wealth, it does solve many, many problems. It helps you get your time back, right? It helps you get additional support and childcare, additional support around the house. It helps you not have to stress when certain expenses come up. You get to live your life and make choices in this very free manner that helps you be more present and show up for your life as the best version of yourself and show up in the way that you actually want to show up. Wealth is the reason that I was able to start my business. The reason that I was able to leave my corporate career and start my business was because I had accumulated enough wealth that I didn't need to stay in my corporate career, that I could take a risk on my business before, like while it was brand new, before it was earning a lot of money. That's I was able to do that because of wealth. 
And so I just want to open your mind to the fact that this is a possibility and to the fact that, you know, negotiating salary and asking for raises is not the same as building wealth, right? When you're on a path to an executive role, when you're at a high quality organization that is helping you advance and that is moving you know, high performers into positions of leadership, you are able to earn and build wealth in ways that you can't, even if you're the best negotiator, because there is an exponential growth curve in terms of how your compensation grows as you get into higher and higher levels. And I wanted to share numbers with you so that you can understand what this actually looks like and what this means. And then in part two, I'm going to start to address some of the limiting beliefs that you might have because you might be thinking, I'm not good enough at my role. I could never be in these higher level positions. Like I don't have what it takes. And so I'm going to talk about all the mindset stuff in part two. So don't worry. So if your brain is like hearing this and being like, "Ugh, this isn't for me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. I could never have this, blah, blah, blah. If your brain is doing that, just know we are going to talk about that in part two, my friend. We're going to talk about it. But for now, I just want to share numbers with you. And I want to share real numbers. So I'll tell you what I'm sharing. And this is just a smattering of numbers to just help you get a sense for the exponential growth curve. Because I see this so much with my clients who are in an earlier phase of their career. If they're in like the earning bracket of like between 80 and 150,000, let's say like if they fall somewhere in there, I see that they're thinking about what they could earn and their earning potential is very limited and they don't have an awareness that they could in the future be earning much more and that they could be building wealth. Like it's not even in their awareness, just like it wasn't in my awareness when I got that first big raise and I saw that $200,000 on the piece of paper and I thought it was a typo and I thought it was supposed to be $20,000, right? I see that a lot in my clients too, where their brains just like can't compute, don't compute numbers at that level because it doesn't seem possible. So I want to share some numbers with you. So what I'm going to share with you are a few data points for salaries at the director level at the senior director level, at the VP level, and at the super duper duper executive level. Like we're talking like CEO, like some of the highest earners out there. So starting with director level, I'm going to give you data points from what my salary was at director level. And I don't have like hard numbers of like, this is what I was earning exactly every single year. But as a director, In a nine to five corporation, my salary, depending on what company I was at and like where my stock grants were at any given time, it ranged from a low of 300,000 to a high of close to 400,000, nearly 400,000, but not quite there. As I got closer to the 400,000 number, when recruiters would call me and ask me if I was interested in a position, I would state my salary expectation upfront on that recruiter call to test the market and to see if 400,000 was a number that recruiters would consider in range for my position. I did this because I knew I wasn't necessarily interested in switching jobs right away and it was a way for me to learn what was out there in the market and to understand my worth relative to the market, which I totally recommend that you do. So if if a recruiter calls you or messages you about a job and you talk to them and you know that you probably wouldn't take that job, 
I definitely recommend using that as an opportunity to throw a salary number at them and see if they say that it's in range because it can help you see if you're underpaid. (laughs) So that's what I was doing, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Some of my clients are like, but I feel weird like talking to them if I'm not going to take the job. But it's like, but they don't feel weird like talking to you and they're not for sure going to give you the job. They're talking to like 20 people for one job. So like they're not worried about you. <laughs> you don't need to worry about them, right? Like we got to look out for ourselves, right? Like a girl's got to eat, right? You know what I'm saying? Okay. So anyway, when recruiters would call, the number that I would throw out was 400,000 as what I was expecting for comp. The language that I would use on those calls just so you can steal it and have this language in your mind is I would say, you know, thanks for reaching out. And then I'd, I'd say just to be very transparent, my compensation is on the higher end. And so when I'm exploring potential new job opportunities, I like to make sure that I'm not wildly out of range for the job so that I don't get too far into the interview process and then find out that it's not going to work compensation wise. And then I'd say something like, I'm definitely flexible and um, am open to a range, but just to give you a ballpark right now where I expect to be is somewhere near the realm of $400,000. And then I would just stop and be silent and let them react. And as I was towards the end of my corporate career, that was a number that I got yeses to. And I had a recruiter say, yep, that, that would work for us. We could definitely make that work. We should continue to move forward in the process. So just to give you a sense, right, that there are roles out there at director level that will get you to a compensation of three hundred dollars to $400,000. That includes everything. It includes base. It includes bonus. It includes stock and long-term incentive compensation, which is just extra money that you get beyond your bonus that vests year after year. And what I also did is I looked up some real salary data points for positions above director because that was the highest position that I attained in corporate. But I wanted to also go higher and help you see what's out there. So we have the three hundred to 400000 range for director. And the data that I'm about to share with you is from a firm called Charles Aris. And they do compensation studies for professionals in my field. So for professionals who do corporate strategy work, which is the work that I did in my corporate career, So what I'm sharing with you are individual data points that they pulled of real strategy professionals who reported their salary. And so I only have a few data points, so this is not comprehensive, right? There's a lot of variability out there, but I mainly want to share these so that you can get a sense of the magnitude of the numbers. So I have one data point for senior director. And it is a base salary of 250000 a bonus of 50000 a sign-on bonus of 375000 and a long-term incentive portion of the compensation at 30000 This is a pretty, I think, unusual compensation package because the sign-on bonus is massive. But as you can see here, like with the base and the bonus, they're at 300000 and they're getting nearly 400000 in a sign-on bonus, right? And so that's a significant amount of money. I also have data points for VP roles, and those, before even adding in their long-term incentive compensation, range from 350000 to 560000 And again, those numbers don't include long-term incentive compensation. So when you add that in, those numbers get even higher. And so what you can see here is that as you get into these higher levels, 
you get deeper into multiple six figures, right? You go from earning 100K to then 200, 300, 400, 500. And as you get into higher roles and work for larger companies, those multiple six figures creep towards millions and breaking seven figures. And as a fun fact, I wanted to share with you the salaries of some of the executives at Apple. And let's see. So I'm assuming that this source I have is up to date. This is a company called salary.com. And according to what they share here, and this is for 2021, I haven't pulled this from like the company's annual fine, like financial reports. So this hasn't been like fact checked, but I think we can assume that we're going to be in the roughly accurate range based on this website. So the CEO, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, makes $98 million, And then the executives below Tim Cook all make around $25 million all in. And the reason that I'm sharing with you those numbers is I really want you to just understand that the curve is exponential, right? So, you know, if you're earlier on in your career, your salary bumps as you move from position to position are like 10K or 20K. But then when you get into earlier executive positions, your salary bumps are in the magnitude of 100K. And then as you get farther into those executive positions, your salary bumps are in the magnitude of multiple six figures. And then as you get even farther, your salary bumps are in the magnitude of millions. I think it's really important to keep this in mind because when we're talking about building wealth, what we're talking about is being on a path where you're experiencing that exponential growth. And for me, I created this show and I do this work because I want to help more women become leaders. Now, for some women, they're really happy at their current level and they don't have a desire to elevate and more power to you. You do what feels good and makes you happy in your career. But for many women, they do want to climb the ladder. They do want to build wealth. They do want to make more money. They do want that growth, but they're either scared to admit it or they're afraid that it's not possible for them. And it is so important for me to record this episode and to talk about this topic with you. Because if you want it, but you think you can't have it, or you think something is wrong with you for wanting it, those are problems that can be solved. So in your head, those might feel like blockers, and it might feel like, no, like I'm just never going to have that. But what the reality is, is those are just beliefs that you have that are getting in the way. And those beliefs can shift over time and change because I had those beliefs. I thought that money would be tight for me for the rest of my life. And that belief changed. I'm so grateful that belief changed because the quality of my life is so much higher now that I have options, freedom, and choices. And I believe as women, something we need a lot more of are options, freedom, and choices. And so if you're thinking this all sounds great, Jess, but this feels entirely unrealistic for me and I can't imagine possibly elevating to that level. I don't deserve that. I can't have that. That's not for me. You must listen to part two. In part two, I'm going to start to address some of the beliefs that get in the way of you pursuing and building wealth in your corporate career. And I'm going to share my best advice for putting yourself on a path to building wealth. The way that I see it is there are these leadership positions out there 
And they're yours for the taking. If you're willing to do the mindset work, if you're willing to put in the effort, if you're willing to experience the inner growth that you need to experience to step into those leadership positions, then they are there for the taking. It might take some effort. It might take some time. It might not be the easiest thing you've ever done, but that is not the same as it being impossible. I have a post-it that I come back to over and over again that is like one of my core mindset pieces that I love to work on. And it says, this is hard, but not impossible. This is hard, but not impossible. It is so easy for our brains to take something that is hard or that requires effort or that requires us investing time and energy and to bucket it into the impossible category without us even realizing that it is not impossible. We have just wrongly assumed that it is. And when we wrongly assume it's impossible, we make it a whole hell of a lot harder to actually attain. And so I'm going to be walking you through that in more detail in part two of this. And I feel so excited to bring this topic out in the open and support you in owning your desire to build and create wealth. And guess what? You get to do whatever the heck you want with it. It's yours. So whatever you care about, whatever is important to you, Money and wealth just amplifies those things. I am so happy to have you here. I'm so pumped to get into part two of this episode. And if you want to take this work deeper and you want to take your growth deeper, head over to my website. If you go to justguzzitcoaching.com, you will be able to learn about and access so much stuff. First of all, I have an entire page of free resources where I have a free video course, free, free 99 on executive communication, which will help you become the woman who earns the wealth. And I also have a free ebook on assertiveness, which will also help you become the woman who earns the wealth. And when you're on my website, you can also learn about the different ways to work with me. One of my favorite things, to do with my clients is to help them grow their earning power. There is nothing that feels better to me as a coach than when a client pays me a fee and together we get them a raise that is multiple orders of magnitude higher than the coaching fee that they are paying me. Not that money is the only thing that matters and the only metric that's important in someone's success. I don't believe that that's true but I do gain an enormous amount of satisfaction from helping women expand what they think is possible for them in terms of wealth building, in terms of asking for the money they want, and in helping them actually attain it, make it a reality, and go after it. So if you want to get deeper into that, check out my website, jessgazitcoaching.com. I will link it below. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will catch you in part two. Bye.